My name is Christy Duff, and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the one-year Bible has changed my life, and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, hello. I'm praying that you are having a wonderful day. The presence of Jesus just showering upon you as I don't know what your day is like right now, but it is just pouring and raining buckets over me right now. And that always just makes me pray that God would rain down the showers of his blessings, of his presence upon our lives. And these last few days in the one-year Bible, have been so amazing, just like, you know, obviously I think I say that every time and I think all of them are, but you know, I've just been thinking so much in the last few days about what we can see with our physical eyes, as opposed to what we can see because of our time with God, because of our, our time in his presence, because of the gift of faith, because of the whispers that he speaks to our hearts. And, you know, there was a part in the book of Matthew today where Jesus is talking to the disciples and they're leaving the temple and the disciples point to the temple buildings and you can just kind of maybe infer that they're in awe of what they see, that it's mighty, that it's huge, that they're proud, you know, that their people have built this and it's great. And Jesus says to them, yes, look at it all. But I tell you this, not one stone will be left upon another. And I feel like Jesus was constantly teaching his disciples and through that constantly teaching us to not become so attached to the physical that we can see, but instead to have, like we talked about a few weeks ago or a couple days ago, I can't remember, I'm not really great at time, (laughs) but we talked recently about living for the heavenly, that he was always pointing our eyes to the kingdom of heaven that was coming. And it said that when he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to speak to him privately and just basically asked him about what he had said. And don't you love that? Don't you love that when he starts to detach us from the physical world around us that we can see that he leaves space, he leaves room for us to be able to come to him privately, to come to his presence, to to come to shake off that physical sight that we constantly get so attached to, and instead to learn to press in, to draw near to the faith that is developed as we come to him in our private time with him. And we really saw that a lot in the book of Exodus, too, where in chapter 20, it says that, you know, Moses, he sets his day aside because God told him to. And so God comes and he comes and thunders and lightnings and Moses has drawn near to him in the darkness up the mountain. And even, you know, poor guy, he gets up to the mountain and God says, you need to go back down and remind the people not to touch the mountain and not to come near. And you just hear the heart of sweet 
over 80 year old Moses. Like I already told them that. And God says, nope, get down and say it again. And Moses probably is just thinking like, I just got up here and now I have to go back down there and now come back up again. And yet he does. And he draws near to the presence of God. He climbs the mountain. He presses in. He sets time aside. He draws close to the presence of God. And yet it says in chapter 20 of Exodus that when all the people saw how it thundered and the lightning flashed when they heard the trumpet sound and saw the mountain smoking, that they trembled and they stood at a distance. And they said to Moses, we don't want to hear from God. We want to hear from you. But there's this one little part that always sticks out to my heart. It says, so that the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. And I know that God was trying to do something and God was trying to say something. But but here these people, they valued maybe their sinfulness that they were hanging on to over the presence of God. They were afraid of the presence of God. And so they stood at a distance And yet Moses, we see, draws near to the darkness, to the thundering, to the lightning where God was. Nothing was more important to him than getting to the place where God dwelt. And, you know, I I just read that every year. And my heart just cries out to not be the one who stands at a distance, but instead to be the one that does whatever it takes to draw near, to come near the, the one like Moses, he was willing to separate himself from the crowd, willing to separate himself from the group of people and to be the one who maybe stood alone, but he stood in the presence of God to maybe stand where it's scary But he stood in the presence of God. And we see the nation of Israel letting what they could see, the the thunderings, the lightnings, the smoke, the darkness. They let what they could see separate them from the intimacy and the presence of God. And yet we see that Moses drew near in faith. He drew near to the holiness of of God. And I just kind of kept thinking the same thing as I was reading the Psalm today in Psalm 29. It says that the voice of the Lord it's talking about and, and it says the voice of the Lord makes flames of fire burst forth. The voice of the Lord makes the wilderness writhe and travail. The Lord makes the wilderness of Kadesh writhe. The voice of, voice of the Lord makes the hinds calve and brings kids early to birth. And in his temple all cry glory. And it says that the Lord is king above the flood. The Lord has taken his royal seat as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And maybe in that, the psalmist is saying the voice of the Lord accomplishes all these mighty things. And and maybe... Maybe if our eyes are fixed on the cedars or the calves or the wilderness, we'll feel an anxiety over the might of the voice of the Lord. And yet instead, instead of seeing all these things that are breaking and birthing and boiling forth, I pray 
that our eyes would be fixed on the God who speaks, on the God who rules, on the God who is seated upon that throne. And I pray that our eyes would be fixed on the things that our faith sees, on the things that our soul sees, as opposed to what our eyes see. And, you know, Jesus talks a lot about this to the Pharisees. He was talking a lot in Matthew chapter 23 about how they were so concerned with the outside, that they were these whitewashed tombs, that they were so careful with what people could see, even down to tithing mint and dill and cumin. And yet he said that they overlooked the weightier demands of the law, justice, mercy, and good faith, that they were so concerned with paying attention to what was on the outside that they forgot to focus on the faith that should have been being built on the inside. And again, just so much of the last few days in the one-year Bible being focused on on the difference between what our physical eyes can see and what our spiritual eyes can see. And, and I feel like so much of the Bible deals with this and that we've already touched on this. And yet I think that it's important to keep going back to it because we forget. We are such a forgetful people and we get focused, whether it's like the Pharisees that, that here they were focused on being careful with the things that people could see. And we start to become focused on what people can see. And yet, is our attention given to making sure that what God sees, does it please him? Does it bless him? Not so much what people see, but what God sees. Is that our focus? Or maybe like the disciples, oh, look at this might. Look at this vastness. Look at the greatness of these buildings. And instead to remember that everything that we see is passing away. And that the kingdom of heaven is coming. And, and are our eyes focused on living for what the kingdom of heaven is bringing for what we are bringing to the kingdom of heaven. That yes, our life is a vapor. And like CT said, said one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Are we living to build this earthly realm that is passing away? Or are we living to build the kingdom of heaven? Are we like the ones that we read about in Exodus who were maybe hanging on to sinfulness and more focused on the fear of the Lord and the thunders and the lightnings and the might of his voice? And, and there was a fear in there that they weren't willing to draw near or are we willing to be like Moses to draw near regardless of the cost, regardless of the price, because we have heard the one who speaks life. We've heard the one who speaks to our soul. And so we're willing to climb those mountains and to draw near to his presence, regardless of what it takes, regardless of who we have to back away from, who we have to come out of in order to be near to the one who has called us near 
who has drawn us near. And you know, there's this part where Moses is telling the people, oh no, don't be afraid of the presence of God. And God is saying to Moses, oh no, it might be better. It might be better that they're a little bit more afraid. <laughs> because they hadn't been willing to cleanse themselves, to be sanctified, to be set apart. And precious ones, I pray that we would remember today that over what we can see, over what our earthly eyes see, over what our earthly ears hear, that like James tells us, that if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. That God, by his presence, by his grace, that by his salvation on the cross, he has cleansed us. And we can grab a hold of that cleansing and we can be separate and we can come out from among them and be saved and sanctified and set apart. And I pray that the voice of God, that the nearness of God, that what we can hear with our spiritual ears, what we can see with our spiritual eyes, would be more important to us than anything that people see in us or hear about us or think about us. That what we think about God in his presence and our time with him would be far more important than anything else. And so I pray that the rest of this day, that the rest of this week, the rest of our life would be spent in pressing near to him and coming to him to seek him for questions that we have, for ideas that we have, for things that we're wondering about, that we would be having our days spent pouring into his throne room, drawing near, climbing the mountain of his presence, entering into maybe that dark, foggy place where he is, even if no one else is there. And so I pray that your time in his presence would be blessed today. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe, and I'll see you here next time. And let your words burn deep in my